Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. All right. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. Tonight is going to be a great show. We do have Jason Wolf 
Wolfgang Gaylert here. Sorry, Jason, that was that was a tongue tie. Not that I forgot your name. I got tongue tied. Uh, a great new book out called City of Madness. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some of his past adventures in writing. And of course, we are joined by Mr. William Brower. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. And Mr. Tom Hello. Sawyer. Hey, and I'm not, I'm Aunt Polly unapproved, so hey, you know. <laughs> Did you say your Polly's got a poop? Yeah. Well, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something or other. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the, the guy who sponsors our show, the one man band, uh, the owner and CEO of Black Bed Sheet Books, Mr. Nicholas Grabowski. Uh, oh, that that must be me. I, yeah, I think hey, so. man. Hope so. Oh, no, I didn't know we were doing introductions yet. I, I, I I'm just going with well, it. Uh, oh, well, hello everybody. Double check the name tag for the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a, we got a couple of announcements tonight. Of course, tonight we do have Jason Wolfgang Gaylord. Awesome. Hello. Woo-hoo. All right. Hello, hey, Jason. Hello. Hi, Hi. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Yeah, Wednesday. Huh? What? What? Never mind. I, we didn't lose him, did you? No, he's still here. All right, and then okay. on the Who's... 22nd, we got Mark Allen Pilgrim. Pilgrim, Pilgrim. Mark Allen's going right. to be a great actor from overseas. Uh, 26. You guys ready for this one? No. John Mayberry will be live. New York Times best-selling author, five-time Bram Stoker Award. Not that any other cool. writer on here should feel less than perfect. But John Mayberry will be joining us on the 26th. It is confirmed. Right, and oh, nice. the- that's nice. One yeah, week that, from that, tonight. That is yep. one week hit- from tonight. So, of course, you know, we will be taking callers. So if anybody wants to call in and ask him a question, we always take callers. If anybody ever wants to call in and ask a question, we're here for you. All right, and then it and looks like on the, the callers back, too. Huh? But then we also put the callers back, too. That's true. Yeah. Right, and then on the 29th, um, I believe that we are still going to have Rob Yeager on. And a couple of announcements. We got to make them in October. We got to finalize dates, what they are going to be on. Uh, David Lee Madison will be back on in October. We, I'm hoping for the 6th of October. And let's see here. Uh, another, I didn't tell you about this yet, Tom. What? Chuck Chapman came on his word. He will call Butch Patrick. Oh, cool. Yeah, so me and Butch Patrick, we've been messaging each other. We're trying to set up a date. Uh, He definitely says he wants to come on on October. He's going to notify us of schedules and everything else, and we are still booking. Oh, and uh, uh, William, something else. Uh, You you recommended this gentleman. Uh, Hold on. 
Let me find his name. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No problem. Hold on. I'm scrolling down. My mouse is acting up. Uh, hold on. Almost there. Almost. Charles Pellegrino. Charles Pellegrino? Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Yes, we we've been messaging each other a little bit, and uh, you know he told me to call him next week. Oh, talk to him next week, and we will talk about the show. All right, without Excellent. any further ado, Nick, any big announcements for Black Veggie Book? Uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, we've got a lot of books coming out before the end of the month, and we've got a couple of weeks here. Actually, fall starts this. Wednesday officially so I feel good about that still it's still summer but um, Uh, we uh, we're coming out with uh, books by Raina Young and Fred Weehy and Chuck W. Chapman and Carson Buckingham and uh, we just came out with uh, a really cool Raina Young Monsters book and uh, speaking of which too uh, about tonight's guest uh, we just came out with um, his book uh, that he's going to talk about, uh, City of Madness. And that that would be Jason Wolfgang Amadeus Gaylord. And, um, <laughs> so, hey. I, can't take, I can't take credit for that <laughs> name. I stole it from my father. So um, Wolfgang uh, is his. I'm just, yeah. I'm just using it for, you know, literary purposes. Hey, it's still well, work, it's a good though. name. It's a it's a good name though. I mean, Wolfgang it's a good, is, it's is a good not... solid name. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Amadeus didn't like copyright it or anything. There's there's a lot nope. of great people with that name too. But yeah, so uh, a lot of stuff, and we just came out with uh, about a hundred different titles uh, the other week of um, uh, like uh, journals and things and stuff. You know. Um, I, I've been like privy the last uh, few months or so to these things. Uh, like I watch YouTube, um, and uh, there's and and you can't avoid it being a publisher too of all these like get rich quick kind of schemes on KDP, on Amazon, uh, on Kindle, um, with uh, oh yeah you can make thirty six thousand dollars a month <laughs> off of um, notebooks and journals and. Um, and planners and coloring books and things, but I I heard it so much and I've, I'm so used to KDP and everything that I thought that I'd uh, spend a week and kind of give it a try, and so uh, um, I made an announcement um, on our Black Bed Cheap Books group page about it, but um, uh, they're all uh, under the author of Hamsterfish. They're all available now on Amazon for around about six bucks. And I've already made a few sales off of it. So it's kind of a side experiment. I mean, I, I figured I already knew how to do it. I'll do it, see if it works for me, if these people can make some money off of it, like they say. Then that would be like a little side thing. But I got that out of my system, So, but, and they're available now. So that's a little side thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you buy the books, on the back of each one, it says Spider Plant Agenda which is kind of what I'm calling this kind of thing. Spider plants, you know, they kind of extend and um, uh, go into different other places. You could cut off their branches and replant them someplace else, and then they'll grow there. 
So, you know, it's a kind of a metaphor kind of a thing. But anyway, well, though, it's an experiment. So, uh, but look for them on Amazon under hamster fish. A lot of them are really kind of unique, um, have unique, like, uh, cool covers. They're mostly designed for, like, school, for for teenagers, college students and stuff and whatever to, like, write in um, and whatever. But I'm back to publishing real books, <laughs> which is the big point. And actually, the more I look at it, the more I go, "What you know what? These people that are saying, that are encouraging other people to do the exact same thing, they're going to oversaturate the market, and Amazon's probably going to step up and do something about it. Because there's, there's a lot of them, it turns out. And I keep thinking, you know what? Um, these people don't have what I have, legitimate, real authors. <laughs> and so, you know, um, but um, anywho, well, where that's are coming out. That's what's came out. And uh, I'm also kind of, um, even as this show goes on, I'm going to have my phone with me and talk a little bit too, but I'm putting up more Christmas stuff, getting ready for a big um, Christmas uh, hoopla extravaganza, and hopefully we'll reach – a thousand trick or treaters this year, so that's um, that's uh, going to be. Oh, and Fred Weehy is going to be here in person, signing books for free, and so am I. And wh- whatever author wants to join us, we've got room. If you want to travel, you've got a place to stay, and you've got. I'm going to provide the books to sign, and you out candy and stuff too. Anyway. Um, and uh, I remember when Fred was here, um, uh, and that was going on the last time he was here. Raina Young was also here, too, signing books. Um, he uh, he tweeted or, or said something on Facebook that he could find books fast enough. So, anyway, and that's, uh, that's what we have to look forward to. Cool. Yeah, they, everybody had a good time that year. That was, that was a fun Halloween yeah, that was awesome. A lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff. All right, let's get on with our show. Jason. Yes. How you doing? Welcome. Good. Welcome. How are we back, doing Francis. tonight? <laughs> We're doing well. How are you? Oh. Good. Good. Another night in paradise uh, here in South Florida. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's. It's it's nighttime out here in uh, in uh, New York, so I'm I'm jealous. You still have three hours on me, so um. No, actually, I got three hours on you. Yeah, yeah, you do. That's what I just that's yeah. What I it's just it's said. nighttime over there in Florida. It's Florida. Pronounce it correctly. Okay. Anyways, uh, City of Madness. Tell us about it. Um. My latest, uh, it's my latest uh, release. Um, it was um, extremely um, personal, and um, one of uh, one of the challenges um, that I uh, encountered because I had some health issues last year with um, some some TIA strokes and whatnot. So I uh, oh, wow. decided to. I didn't know that. It wasn't public knowledge, but you know, I guess it is now. Um, wow! So I decided. So I decided to uh, my next collection. I tried to. Um, I wanted to exercise my brain a little bit, so I decided maybe do some flash fiction, and um, 
So that's what City of Madness is. It, it actually wasn't really expected to be released anytime soon, but I kind of um, wrapped it up a little bit and pitched it to Nick and Bailey Hunter did the great cover, which is um, a bunch of it's a huge skull on the cover with a bunch of little skulls on the top, like a mohawk. And the background is set against the city, so that's why I decided to call it City of Madness, um, where all my characters live and breathe. And there are recurring characters in here, such as Jeremiah Black, which uh, Nick put out many years ago, and just other standalone stories and some poems. Um, Some of it talks about my strokes and stuff like that. Others are just cool stories like... um, you know, a demented uh, guy who does unique jack-o'-lanterns, and uh, Jeremiah's returning a couple, a couple pieces, and um, so it was really, it's really fun to write and put together. And um, it is the beginning of my uh, comeback, I hope, because I do have other releases coming out that um, I'm prepared to announce tonight. I have uh, permission from my other publishers and whatnot. So um, I do have those as well. One of them is um, I have a short story that recently got accepted to uh, D&T Publishing um, for their Dire Circle anthology, which comes out next month. Congratulations. Uh, which is uh, based on the darker side of the Zodiac symbols. So I picked Leo, which is my Zodiac symbol. And it's uh, the War Maiden, which um, is a huge lion that uh, uh, wants to do, uh, is conflicted between war and peace. But, you know, if you do war, then you can rebuild and and whatnot. So uh, I kind of spun a neat horror story about that that got accepted. So I'm excited for that. And my other release, I just... I just talked to um, Terror Track Publishing, and I have a, a short story collection also um, based on some personal experiences. Um, it's called Rift, and it's kind of a companion piece to Sacrificial Sons, which is my latest novel before City of Madness um, with Nick. Um, so it kind of ties up kind of loose, story, loose ends in that from that book. Um, and that's set to release on November 1st through Terror Track Publishing. Um, so I'm excited about that as well. So I have um, a bunch of exciting projects, and I still have other projects with Nick down the pike. I know he's probably looking to re-release my Ghost Prince as well. We were talking about that, so I'm hoping I'm not, you know, uh, jumping the gun on that one. And another story. Oh, no, yeah, uh, I'm hoping... I'm hope I'm hoping Ghost Prince can come out by uh, in time for Christmas, in time for Christmas. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a new new edition of it. New edition, ready to go, rock and roll. And the other exciting news I have um, would be I had a story from a collection of mine. I I can't remember which one. It was done through Nick, either Filter or Cinema short story collections and one of them was called Gravedigger and I've been working with Pulse Pounding Productions and Paul McFall who is the producer 
and he actually wrote the screenplay for it. So kind of shopping that around as well. So that's like in development. So hopefully that becomes something one day um, once COVID settles down and um, he's working on other projects to open up doors to hopefully allow that to go through. So that's pretty exciting as well. So, um, wow. So you've been really yeah. busy in other <laughs> Yeah, under, under, under the cover of darkness. Yeah, I mean, as I'm trying to get back on my feet health-wise and, you know, do all that stuff. Um, but writing really helped me out through all that. So, um, you know, City of Madness is really a um, personal project of mine. So, um, as is Riff. So, I'm, I'm excited to have that come out, too. So, uh, <clears throat> but, but yeah, wow. that's great, so, uh, though. Yeah, and um, like all my all my work all lives in the same universe and world. So that's like I said, Jeremiah pops up in Rift a lot too. So um, and other other characters throughout my novels. So um, yeah, so that's hopefully awesome. uh, that end of 2021 and 2022, hopefully will be prosperous years. I think everybody's hoping. Please just stop this stuff. Stop the madness. Yes, stop yeah. it. Um, Sounds like busy, Jason. Talking, yeah, busy. I don't know where with like four jobs, but I, I find uh-huh. it. So, um, wow. but I was talking with Tom Tom Sawyer. I don't know if he's on tonight. Is he on tonight? I'm on. Yeah, he's on. here. I'm here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just watching with you. He, he was saying that we should we, we, we should we should lock Nick in a closet until um he, he agrees to do read us or die again. So yeah. you know, another another sequel of all the fabulous authors from Black Bedsheet Books put into another anthology. So you know, hopefully we can work on that next year too. So uh Yeah. Be nice. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been uh, seriously thinking about it. I I, I believe it's going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, been a long time um, uh, since the first one, and I know you, Tom. Uh, you always like um, have uh, two or three copies at least at your table at the conventions whenever you order books. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I'm gonna get to your your new order. I I saw I caught okay. it on Messenger. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, you you always order a few copies of Raiders or Die and stuff. And Jason, you edited the the uh, the first one too. So yeah, actually, so you I'll, guys I'll had be... more in common than that. Uh, not just being black bedsheet book authors, but I think the both of you, um, I have more books than any other authors. Uh, Tom, oh, thanks, I've got like at least like uh, I don't know ten or nine or ten, and Jason too. Uh, I mean, uh, and Jason was one of my original authors, too. The first year that I set out with Black Bedsheet Books, um, his book was uh, Demon Revolver. And uh, so that that was like the first year. So you Not guys again. have been around for a long time uh, hereabouts. Yeah, we're like, we're like spider plants. We just, we just yeah. grow everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Anyways, Nick, it's an honor yeah, to Nick, be one of your authors, you have your man. People. That's... What? You have your people talk to my people, and like I could do uh-huh. Readers or Die again. The sequel. Oh yeah, yeah. 
That would be groovy. So, yeah. So. No, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe for uh, now that you have all new maybe office. for uh, New Year's. Uh, maybe, maybe. There's a lot on my plate uh, through yeah, the uh, rest of the year, so it might be something for next year. But early next year, maybe um, even as as soon as March of next year. Yeah, that's probably more towards the end of winter, January, March, uh, February, something like that. We'll see. But that sounds groovy. Uh, we're we're also go. probably going to do uh, another anthology on top of that, another woman's anthology, to like a sequel to Scream in the Night. Um, so we're working on that too. So that's going to be great. And uh, and and read us or die. Yeah, it's about time. We got a lot of new authors over the years too, yeah. and recently, so a lot of fresh, yeah, a lot of fresh meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh meat yeah. to put through the grinder. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, congratulations. Welcome to the family. Start writing. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it goes. Well, that's our job as writers, man. We got to keep writing. Yeah, don't stop. That's that's why I tell everybody. All right, just one. Go ahead. Everybody here are writers, so everybody can answer this question if they believe they want to. Do any of you believe in writer's block? Yes. No. Yeah, I've had it. I've had it once. So it does, it does happen. It but does. for no. me, for me, it happened with just one story. It didn't happen like as a whole you know, collective thing, just like one story, my shark sequel I was working on, I just kind of hit, hit a wall. I haven't gone back to it. And then just life events. I just didn't get back to writing for a long time until probably 2019. But um, yeah, it does exist. What do you, what do you See, guys think I mean, causes it? You just think it's maybe stress dealing with everyday life? Well, um, yeah. for me, the, I'm sorry. The way the way okay. I write, um, I write like you're watching a movie. So all my books, who those that have read my my work, know you know the action and the dialogue and everything. So when I when I write a scene, I have to do it in my head like a director from all different angles. So if it doesn't sit well with me, then I don't write it. And then sometimes it takes a really long time for me to get it just right so sometimes that kind of stumbles me and uh that happened with my shark sequel so i'm still trying to figure that out um the best possible route to end it um so my my belief is about writing is it's like a relationship or a fart if you force it it's shit so i mean sometimes (laughs) you just gotta seriously i mean i know that sounds cliche but it's you know you know you know sometimes when i'm having a drought i gotta get uh, an adult beverage or two in me to relax because i think it's mostly stress related if you try to overthink it or if you're just pressing right yeah. gonna you know just sit back and kind of re- get yourself relaxed enough to i mean it's a lonely endeavor anyways but you got to relax a right. little bit so maybe or do another activity or something like that take your mind off it then come back to it somehow yeah, if you I'm know. not there mentally, I can't. I can't start writing. Yeah, because then it's just, then it's just, you know, 
you know, I think maybe that's well, our body telling us that it's time to take a break or don't press it. Just find something else to do, have a drink or two, relax. I mean, I'm not trying to expose, uh, endorse alcoholism or something here. You know, like, you know, like, you know, Hemingway or something, but, you know, just kind of find that, yeah, no, that just kind of, you know. Sometimes, get you, sometimes I'm sorry. Uh, well, would, sometimes would you I guys might say, actually do research. And yeah. What, would you guys you know, say that, uh, does writing energize or exhaust any of you? Does writing sometimes does it energize or exhaust you at times? Which one would you say it does more? Energize or exhaust you? I think it energizes me. Yeah, energizes me too. I mean like if I'm if I can't focus on something to write, then I'll do research on an idea. Mm -hmm. Like um I just researched a, a fish parasite to write into a flash fiction story. But I didn't know how the story was cool. going to go quite yet, but I did, I did the research on it, and um, and then it finally came together. So, because um, I'm like, what what fish parasite can I put into a human type of thing? And I found one. So, well, <laughs> yeah, you're you're nasty. both of you are lucky on on that part. Um, I I'm, I'm actually the the opposite because. Um, what what I generally do is uh, I I lock myself in the writing room, so I just have the pot of coffee, the computer, and a playlist, and then I'll just write all the way up until the point of exhaustion, and then nine times out of ten I'll sleep on the keyboard. So that gives me another two hundred pages of uh, gibber jabberish that I got to clear out when I wake up in the morning. Well, I guess I'm old school because I write mine out on a legal pad and then type it in. Because then I could move paragraphs and draw arrows and write stuff on the side of the legal pad. And I'm old school that way, so. But I could do it watching movies or TV shows. So I, you know, guys, I need some visual stimulation. I think. How do you do it, Jason? Yeah. It, my ideas come from anywhere. I mean, the slightest seed could just sprout into a story. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Um, like the latest movie, the latest Halloween one that came out like two years ago, where he carves the human heads as jack jack o' lanterns. That that made me want to write one of the stories in City of Madness called Lanterns about this creepy guy, and you know, and what he does in his spare time. So uh, you know, so you never know where I, your idea is going to come from and where it's gonna gonna go. And the flash fiction is, is unique because I have to cram, like, a whole story into, like, a thousand words and make it resonate with the readers. And a couple of the beta readers I've had have really liked the, the stories, the flash fiction stories. So that's, that's always great feedback and a good thing because that means I'm making an impact in, in, a, in a short amount of time. And... Uh, that that's a success in my eyes. I have a lot of respect for that because I don't think I can do that in a thousand words or less. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't think I could do it either. That's why I was doing it as like a brain experiment to exercise my brain, given you know what all my stuff I was going through. But I mean, yeah, there's stories in here where I'm I'm racing to 
the devil against the, you know, around a racetrack and, you know, he's got a nice fast car. I got a beat up car type of thing, but I got a lot of character and grit type of thing. So it's mm-hmm. simple, simple 800 word piece, but you, you, you get, you get the entire message and the visuals and everything. Um, you know, so, yeah. I mean, and what, and what, what's, what's really, uh, no, no, I was, I was just gonna say. Just remember one thing, Tom. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, yeah. You know the, you know, the, 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 you know, basically, you know, the trick with doing the flash fiction a lot of times is just more in the sense of, um, you know, maybe trying to consolidate the uh, story. You know, shorten if you're gonna do an outline on it, shorten it down to like one or two sections. Oh. Right. Yeah. I've always wanted to yeah, do it. Yeah. I just never gave it a try because I didn't think I, you know, it's just like, well, I got to think of something that can be that small. It, it doesn't. It it could be anything. I mean, I wrote a, mm-hmm. I wrote a story about a guy who who, um, you know, there's 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 three three women who he wrongs and they just slap a meat hook into him, drag him out of the trunk, drag him in the forest, and you know, enact revenge on him. And, Meat hooks mm-hmm. are always they're underused and underappreciated. Um yeah. so, and the <laughs> other but they look so awesome on film. I mean come on, think about it. When somebody gets killed with a meat hook, it's not just a little meat hook stabbing. Like you're either placed on the meat hook or it's going through your body and it's very graphic the way they do it. The meat hook I I, I agree, definitely underrated. But when this shows well, up I, on screen, man. Oh, but and that's, I, that's I, I, the thing, you know. You know, for something like that, I, I can actually just picture it because it'll be tonight on Lifetime. Three women <laughs> wronged make a right. The meat hook. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's the most, uh, the, the most famous uh, pop culture icon that actually kills people with a meat hook, don't you? Who, who that is? Um, oh, uh, well, it would be Candyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Candyman has a meat hook. Yeah, it's a... yeah. <laughs> but don't say his name yeah. three, three times, though. <laughs> I, I think together we already did. Yeah, we Uh-oh. might have. <laughs> but we're not looking at him here. That's true. What's your What's your next question, Francie? I was gonna. Okay, this is gonna be a tough one, and if any of you guys want to, you know, talk about this also, because I think this is a very important question. When do you think? Okay, when somebody first gets published, do they call themselves a writer at that point, or when do you think the starting point is that somebody can actually say that they are a writer? I think when they're first published, uh, not to be fair, they put in the work, so why not? You know, you wrote it. It's that's just my opinion. If you wrote it, then you are the writer of it. So, you know, I mean, are you famous or anything? No, I'm not famous, but I mean, I am a writer. You know, um, I mean, that's a good. You're, you're, I think you're equating that whether it's fame or not. I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, it, no, I'm, I'm talking about, have, like, let's say least... 
said you, you wrote a book, but your your emotions aren't in it. It's just like, okay, I'm going to write a book. You know, I'll, I'll just write a book. Well, I mean, there's a lot of writers that or yeah. you know, we'll put it out without emotion. So that that may not really help too much. Um uh-huh. I mean I don't know. I mean I, I I I think if you actually sit there and you write it and you finish it, even if it's not published, then you're technically a writer because uh-huh. look at how many people have often said at, at at book signings and things like that, I wish I, I could do what you're doing. Or I wish I, I I could I could start writing a book, you know. And it's just it, you know, it, it's the level of commitment more than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I've been well, I've been a writer my my whole life, honestly. So I'm a I've always considered myself a writer, but I consider getting to the next level, being published, kind of like you know the the holy grail for me, like to substantiate all those you know, years of writing and trying to make it happen, and then you become published. So um, I think if, if you're a writer for your whole entire life, you're, you're a writer. You just If you're published, it just brings more attention to your skills and your, and your craft because that means someone actually, you know, validates you as a writer, you know, yep. unless you, you know. I mean, I did the self-publishing route first, and then I found Nick, you know, and then that kind of validated my – um, writing. I mean, I had another publisher too, Stone Garden, in the very beginning that did my werewolf trilogy. Um, so, um, and then I think as you grow and you connect with other authors like I have and you share in the community, that kind of further validates you as a writer because then people are reading your work and they give you feedback, good or bad, and then they're like, oh, when's your next, you know, project coming out? We can't wait. And that just kind of energize you and back to Francie's does it exhaust or energize you it absolutely energizes you because you have a uh, you know a fan base no matter how big that wants to read more of your work so um, what uh, what werewolf trilogy was that that was the quiver trilogy yes the quiver trilogy it's it's funny because the other day I was dusting some of my bookshelves and stuff and I came across some of the stuff that you gave me back in the day I like the quiver it was all three in one volume yes yeah so, yeah yes. I'm trying that, to find so. trying to find new home for that because that you know publisher unfortunately went you know he decided to go and do other things so I got to find a new home for that because um, that is my kind of like my Baby. pride and joy yeah, that's the first one. That's watching American Werewolf in London at like six and being scared and always want to write a werewolf novel. So, um, you know. Yeah, and and back in those days too, uh, you also did Europa. Europa, yep. That publisher went under too, but you know that's <laughs> that's that's still out there and Contagion is still floating around out there. And um, but then I think the rest are all with you. I have. Um, you know, I think they're pretty much the rest are with you. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's quite a lot, quite um, a lot of material. You've been really prolific uh, in the last ten years, not unlike Tom too. <laughs> but uh, um, and actually, uh, yeah, but way back, uh, uh, even when I published Demon Revolver, you had uh, 
uh, that stuff, and that's that's a lot. Quiver is all three of them uh, combined. That that's a big book. I was yeah, thinking when I when I came across it again after all this time. Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, you could use that to hold up your uh, your bookcase or your coffee table. It's pretty. It's pretty thick. I do. Um, no, I'm kidding. That, no, it's great. It's great. So, um, gives a cat something yeah. to read. Um, yeah, then I have the, the right triangle with uh, James Ward Kirk um, and his publishing house. So, and that's actually one of the big fan favorites. So that was one of my favorites to write as well. So, um, what what was that about? Book. That's the shark, shark book. Yeah. The three sharks that terrorize San Francisco. And uh, yeah. that was a good book. I like that. Yeah, nice. uh, yeah. Enjoy. So, it. And I was working on this. I was working on the sequel to that, and like I said, I just kind of hit a hit a wall, like sixty-five thousand words in. And uh, at one point, I'll get back to it. But I have the ending; I just don't have like the middle connecting piece. And that's what's frustrating. That that, that wasn't uh, that wasn't writer's block by chance, huh? <laughs> no, it was. It absolutely was. Yeah. <laughs> it does well, again. You know, it's the, uh, you know, the 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 middle portion of any, of writing, anyways, is always a fun challenge because, you know, God forbid you might come up with a really great idea and everything else, but then when you go and you execute it, and then yeah, you realize yeah. that it just kind of threw a wrench into the real wheel between the way what you put up in the opening and then also how it ends. And the, yeah. And the cool and the reason it was taking so long is because it takes place in South Africa, and I did a lot of research down there you know for there for the like the restaurants and police and the, the flavor of everything so that's what was kind of slowing it down to a little bit so i want to make sure everything fit so um yeah but one day well um if, if you're up for a uh suggestion especially if you're going to do uh research like that um Contact any any there's uh, like a particular region or something along those lines. Um, contact the local minister of uh, tourism. Well, I had that's a great idea. I had something even better though. I had an author friend who actually lived in the area, so I was getting there. You go. Some nice. I was getting some nice firsthand um, knowledge and and. and stuff but like i said it just the middle connector piece is just it, it's almost there but it has to be perfect in my head before i even write it because then it's just it's just waste of time to write it because you're gonna you're gonna oh, go yeah. back and fix it how many times anyway so um yeah so so hey, one yeah. Day, hey jason hey jason yeah. um yes yeah there Hi. is there, hey, there's a segment in uh, your book, your collection, Filter, that I published that um, uh, kind of sets you apart from um, a lot of other authors um, uh, because um, you, it's, it, you, they actually uh, see like uh, oh, several pages of you in comic strip form. Uh, uh, talk oh, yeah. about that for a second. Oh, yes, that was... That was a fun little trip. Um, at a friend of mine, uh, Scott, um, that did it. He did the comic book strip, and it was um, 
based on a piece called The Conversation, and it's about me, and, and I'm, on the, I'm on the bridge and having conversation on the phone, and um, it's, it's in comic book form. Yeah, it's a, a nice, nice strip comic, and um, basically I'm just talking to an imaginary voice, and it, no one's on the, the other end of the phone. So it's one of those. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and, but you think I'm talking to somebody and I'm on the bridge, you know, there's traffic and whatnot and, and, uh, <clears throat> telling me to do stuff. And I'm like, no, you know, X, Y, Z. And yeah, then at the end, um, I get, I, I believe I get shot by some, by the cops on the bridge or something. And the phone, they pick yeah, up the phone. Yeah, like, you do. This phone is dead. There's no one on the other end. The battery's dead. It's like not working. So um, that was kind of a cool twist to the story. I was gonna say, wow, and, what a tweet. Uh, yeah, what a tweet. Scott, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's a T W E L L S, I believe. So twelves, maybe. Um, if I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. Um, but he he did a great job. So. Yeah, yeah, the book is Filter. I, I actually think that Filter and Cinema are probably probably um, the best books that I've published by you. Um, thinking, though, because Jeremiah Black, Jeremiah Black as a novel is great, but I think those are your best collections. I really like your new one, City of Madness, um, but hey, if anybody's going to hasn't hasn't read Jason I think a great right. introduction like a wow introduction would be either filter or or cinema and and a side note to filter is my daughter Natalie did the cover of filter which is a dream catcher and um the the, the, the idea is, is you know they're supposed to let the nightmares out but what happens if they let the nightmares in so um, nice. That was, and, um, had an, and my, um, sister-in-law, um, Mary, Mary Ellen Doring did a bunch of artwork in there too for, uh, filter and for, yes, there's illustrations, too, I think. So, um, yeah. So, um, now, what, yeah. So, is there, yeah, I believe, uh, it's, it's, yes. You know, is really there, good top-notch stuff. Would there would there be any possibility of seeing a um, an adaptation of you know Jeremiah Black into a uh, graphic novel form? Um, That'd be cool. I would like that if you had any connections you wanted to pair up with because I'm I'm I've been I've been searching for graphic novel stuff for my work, but you know between the jobs and personal life and the family, it's kind of hard to gain traction on that kind of stuff, but um, I'm always open to it. So I always thought contagion cool. my zombie my zombie pseudo zombie novel would make a great graphic novel. Um where the colonists are, you know, affected by Ebola and leprosy, so they're, you know, zombie like entities running amok in a colony. So you know, come to think of it, I have a really good friend back home who's a really good artist. In fact, I think he's taking his artistry, you know, further. 
and he loves drawing comics and everything. Ah, Nick, maybe I should get in contact with him. Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds great. Well, maybe you should. What's stopping you? I, I, did, I, did, yeah. I just thought Thank about you. that. You guys, are talking about, about. You, guys were just, you guys were talking about it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have a really good friend back home that is a Welcome. great comic book. He draws comics. You know, you guys, the show, Francie. You, you guys probably... No. You guys probably know this, but um, I did uh, have a really solid connection with uh, graphic artists and, and with uh, Shot in the Dark Comics uh, back in I the remember. day. It was it was yeah. so exciting, and they were starting. They were actually coming through with their commitments to me about about the red my uh, stories in Red Wet Dirt, uh, and looks like a rat to me. I still have a stack of copies. I I sell them on eBay here and there sometimes, but I and I'm and um, I did have a conversation with um, uh, uh, Gene. Uh, oh, I forgot his name. Um, Gene Tipton. Uh, Tipton, yes, Gene yes. Tipton. Um, about how the other stuff, like um, um, the Yuletide thing, which is a big story in Red Wet Dirt, um, it's already been penciled, and I have the copies uh, on a file. Um, and uh, he was saying that uh, they're all, uh, they were all signed over to him, and he gives them all to me. So I could do whatever I want with them. But I keep thinking, what about the guy that's stenciled? Do I owe him any money if I like put it? But anyway, that was a good, that was something when I started Black Bed Sheet Books, I, I told myself, okay, I've got my career with my writing. I did my stuff, and people know me to an extent, and blah, blah, blah. And that's, you know, a stepping stone. And then I could use that to um, uh, uh, the people that I, I take on with Black Bedsheet. We could all, like, go up the ladder together and, and, and you know. Uh, and this was an example, and it was really exciting back in the day when I latched on with, with them. And um, they were doing other comics, superhero comics. And, and other stuff, and they were going really, really good. And then, like I found out later, happens to a lot of them. Uh, something happens, they don't get the funding, that not enough people buy, and they just go under, and everything just collapses. And um, so, you know, I don't know the reasons why. Uh, Gene has always been up and up with me. He's always been great. And everybody involved with Shot in the Com- Dark Comics, um, uh, has always been great, and, and like I said, they did come through for me those couple of times. Um, but man, you know, both you, Tom, and, and Jason, um, you were getting I because I was telling them, okay, we got these books and these ideas from these other authors and stuff, and he was really into it. So I thought, yeah, that's exactly what I've been wanting to do, <laughs> but it just never happened because of it. Just never did, but it's just a matter of um, attracting people to you, and then going out and looking for people. And so, right now, there are a group of I haven't said this before. Franzi doesn't even know, but um, there is. I really, I really want to keep it to this country. But uh, there's these artists that they're great artists, comic book artists, and they're out of Chile. Um, and uh, um, they were, I, I talked to them about doing, uh, about finishing the Yuletide thing 
but then I, I, because of things that happened with me and you know my family and stuff, uh, I kind of lost track and I didn't, I couldn't afford it. And I, but I do have some ties that I have to like get back into and see what they are more about, so that I can get this started again. So maybe we have some, I don't know what, but it's probably going to be from another country. <laughs> well, like I well, said, I can talk to my friend fine. back. I can talk to my yeah, friend yeah, back home and see what he thinks about it too, if you guys want. Sam, yeah. it's going to be like a, a graphic novel in the in the uh, vein of like what the old creepy and eerie magazines were by Warren Publishing, where you have different authors with different short stories in them to showcase their stories with the artist's talents. Oh man, I, I, yeah, I've got I, I at was least, thinking uh, about doing like that. Well, still you guys their, were talking uh, about read us or die, uh, right? Yeah. Read us or die. Um, yeah. uh, I've been, and there's a possibility that we could do a read us or die graphic novel version if oh, things were to I think work out with me and the guys in Chile or wherever too. There's other there's other possibilities that I have to further look into that are very interested. It just depends on how much and what, you know, all that. But uh, we also have foreign translation things that I've been working very hard at and audio books that I've been working very hard at. I sound like Donald Trump because I'm talking that way. We're working with, but anyway, yeah. Um, so it's just um, a question of like the audio book guy, he, has only gotten in touch with me twice this year. He's been going through some family problems. And um, and I signed a, a several contracts with him, uh, including some of my books, The Price of Fear, and um, um, Patrick James Ryan's um, uh, book. Uh, oh, why am I not? I feel like I uh, just brain farted. Um, uh, the night it got out and some other stuff and 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 that and just like the comic books it's like if if that goes very well and he produces these things for me then on to the next and on to the next on to jason on to tom and you know and just then that hasn't produced a single thing came close with the price of fear but the guy that was supposed to narrate it he dropped out um, for I don't know why. <laughs> so, as a publisher, as somebody that doesn't, that's not just in charge of his own books, but other people's, and trying to orchestrate things like I do, I I realize sometimes you know I fall short. I go through family problems, things slow down, and stuff. It happens to so many other people. It's like it's it's hard to like um, get a grasp because it's like shot in the dark. Uh, for example, that's, I, I don't think that that's necessarily their fault. They came into hard times and things collapsed and things like that with the audiobook guy and stuff. It's just, eh, just, you know, but you got to keep trying, got to climb that mountain. But yeah, but those are things that are possibilities that are still in the works too and foreign translations as well. So I keep trying when I find it good, when I find something worth shouting about, I'll let you guys know, but I keep trying. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, because as, I, I, as it goes too, I mean, you guys get royalties. Sometimes they're okay, sometimes they're just not, and it's just really a question. As a publisher, it's really a question of 
what more can I do with these books than just publish them and put them out? You know, foreign translations, graphic novels, uh, other things. So, you know. Yeah, I think yeah, no. that, that would be that'd be smart and marketing wise, and you know, company wise, well, not just for you, but for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a win-win well, all the way around, or it can be. Well, yeah, it is. Well, well, Dick, I, I might be able to help uh, alleviate part of the weight on your shoulders. Then I, okay. I happen to be uh, very good friends with a uh, government licensed translator in uh, Barcelona, Spain. So if you need Spanish, any books translated to Spanish, let me know. I'll, I'll put you in touch. Okay. Okay, that would be good. Um, groovy, groovy ghoulies. I, I didn't want to steer the course. I, I want to keep the spotlight on Jason there. I, and, yeah. and one question that's been good. in the back of my mind is um, uh, since I've been publishing you for so long, and I know the big bulk of your work, um, it seems to me like your favorite character you like to write about is Jeremiah Black. Um, yes. If that's true, why is that? And it's it's a like a Jeremiah Black is um, his world is like a period piece. Um, it, it goes back a couple of hundred years at least. So uh, uh, talk about why that is and who Jeremiah Black is. Um, Jeremiah Black was. Um, in the in the novel Jeremiah Black, the self you know his own self titled one, he was a he was a, a family man, you know, upstanding citizen. And the story goes, um, one night there was a, a um, he was walking with his family down the streets of London, and there was a lack of a better word, a hitman, I guess, or you know, some grimy criminal. Um, who was sent by the devil to kill Jeremiah's family, but Jeremiah intercedes, kills the guy, and he has to swap out with the guy now. So now he is the devil's hitman, and um, it's, he struggles with that for a while. Think of it like Two Face from Batman. Mm-hmm. Eventually, oh, yeah. he does. so the devil gives him a sheet of paper, and on that sheet of paper is one name, and that's who the contract is for. So Jeremiah tells him, you know, as long as my family stays safe, you know, I'll, I'll do this. And she's like, yeah, sure, you know, for now, until their names come up on the piece of paper. And um, so the story of Jeremiah is he takes place in eighteen late 1800s London when Jack the Ripper has just gone missing. And since he's immortal now because he's dead in, in hell, and um, he travels through time, so he's hunting down whoever he has to hunt down, one of it's his son um, on the Titanic, and then he gets brought to 1996 Ellis Island. And the whole time he's got an inspector on his trail, Jackson Granger from the late 1800s, who after a fight with Jeremiah, he becomes immortal because they're blood mixes. So um, it's kind of this cat and mouse through, through time, I guess like a la Time Machine-esque. Um, but... Uh, Eventually, Jeremiah catches up to Jeremiah, and he goes he goes back to hell after he gets defeated from his big stand at the end of the book. But he was such an interesting character, and um, so he pops up. He's my main antagonist. I guess he's the, I guess, 
my darker half, if you would, in a way. Um, so he pops up everywhere in all my short stories, and it's always a continual thing. So whatever happened in Jeremiah Black, if he got a injury or a scar or lost a finger or whatever, that's the way he's presented now here on out. Um, so there's a story where he joins the ferryman who are a bunch of cops, um, other characters from a, a novella of mine, who um, one, of, one of the cops can um, talk to spirits, so they bring criminal spirits to justice. So they, they team with Jeremiah to bring down another supernatural entity. And then I wrote a book called Dying Light for James Ward Kirk Publishing as a kind of like a 10-year celebration of being published. And I did it from my perspective. So Malcolm Ellis, which is me, the initials M-E. Um, Jeremiah wants to kill the author, which is me. So he can have free reign of the whole literary world that I've created without any interference from me. So, nice. like, so he tries that and he kills me or he thinks he does. And then he resurrects a bunch of bad guys from my novels. I go back to the cabin in Quiver, my first book, to heal with a bunch of the heroes type of thing. And then he and I have this big epic fight on the lake, recreating the Quiver ending, minus the werewolf and the sheriff, just me and him. Um, So that was cool. And then I got to thinking, what about his beginnings? Like, you know, so then Sacrificial Sons was born, which is also a novel with Nick. And I go back further to, like, the 1850s in Ocracoke, North Carolina, and a little colony there run by the devil, and he's taking all the firstborn sons, and Jeremiah's parents are part of that colony, and he has yet to be born. So the devil is trying to get his hands on Jeremiah as an infant, but it doesn't work out, and then their fates intertwine later on in Jeremiah Black. Um, so that was a fun novel to write. And then he just keeps popping up everywhere because he's just a great um, foil. You know, he's a great enemy to my hero or what have you. Um, I kind of pattern it after any of you who watched the original MacGyver series, like MacGyver and oh, Murdoch, yeah. kind of that. Well, kind of that, you know, you think he's dead, he comes back. You think he's dead, he comes back type of thing. Sometimes you need to pair up with him. Sometimes you don't. You know, it's just that kind of like back and forth. Um, stuff. So yeah, he's he is definitely around to stay. And in Rift, I won't spoil too much in Rift, but let's just say he gets a, a upgrade in Rift. So because um, it's time to shed the long Nicholas Grabowski hair that he has and go sleeker and meaner and get some new weapons. Get get rid of his Python knife and upgrade, you know. And uh, so yeah, well, I'll, so that's a little tease well, for Rift. Well, I'll, I'll definitely uh, say this much. Uh, as a uh, Titanic historian, you had my utmost attention, without a doubt. And yeah. then you had I, time travel. <laughs> so. yep. And I and I actually researched the Titanic, too, like every deck level, because Jeremiah's theory is he's, he, he can't die. So he's just on a – and everyone on there is, most of them. So. Yep. There'll be no witnesses. He can do what he wants, and his son is on there on his honeymoon, so that's why he's on there to track down his son. And he's like, yeah, it's all going down anyway, so I'm um, just, you know, having fun. And But I researched every deck, and 
the layout of, of like the, the there was a um like uh one of the rooms there, like uh, the cigar room type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like we're all they're all mm-hmm. they're all playing poker or whatever. Um, and then I, I did, it was really cool because I'm a big Batman fan. So that scene where he walks in, they're all playing poker and whatnot. It's, it's, the whole scene mimics pretty much the Joker scene from Dark Knight when he's walking around the, the room up top and they're all having that little get together. Has anyone seen that movie? Dark oh, yeah. Knight. Yeah. And it's one, it's one continuous camera shot and he's going around and he's taking the drinks and drinking them and flipping them and. You know, you remind me of my father and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of patterned that scene in Jeremiah after that one, just kind of this one kind of flowing scene where Jeremiah's just going around the table, you know, because he's looking for his son, and he's just kind of causing mayhem. So um, that was kind of cool to write. So oh, yeah, he'll I'll, never go I'll away. Like, so he'll, like I said, he's in City of Madness, and um, there's another one in Rift where he and I, as the author, he comes back and he's like, listen, man, you know, you, you know, you got the better of me the first time, but now, you know, you're down on your luck. You've gone through all this stuff and, you know, there's no way you can beat me now. And he just like beats the crap out of me and puts me through the ringer. And then, you know, I won't tell you how the story ends, but it was, you know, um, it was very cathartic to, to write it type of thing. So um, that, that's good though, you know, no, it is. And the other cool thing that I'm doing in my stories is because um, I, I, I'm a big advocate for Down syndrome awareness, and I do yeah. have a daughter uh-huh. with Down syndrome, um, me and the family. Um, I do. I have written Down syndrome characters in some of my later stories. So um, the one that got accepted to, to the Dire Circle, the ferryman story, um, they team up with a, a Down syndrome teenager with some supernatural abilities to help defeat the, the war maidens. That was cool to write. And there's another story that I'm shopping around called Echoes, which is a throwback to the 1980s horror. Basically, it's like, you know, you have the jock douchebag with his girlfriend, his kid brother, and then the girl, a, a girl and her teenage brother who has Down syndrome, and she wants to impress the boyfriend, so she drags the brother along because it's her turn to watch the brother for the weekend because the parents are away. So they all go to a cave to explore this cave, but there's the echoes in the cave drive everyone mad to a certain degree, except the Down syndrome teenager because he's listening to his Walkman, so he has earphones in the whole time. So he mm-hmm. winds up being the hero at the end. So um, oh, that's that was one great too. So... You know, nice. That's a that's a good yeah, that's cool. Like '80s horror, and that's I'm shopping that around. That's with a, a publisher right now. Um, so uh, they're going to read it next week and let me know. And it's only like twelve thousand words, but um, I built that still, for a I short mean. story. So, so yeah, yeah so I'm I mean, trying to get you know create new new diverse characters in my in my works as well. So. Uh, and, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, Jason, what do you find the toughest part about writing, and what's the most rewarding part for you? I wanted to just get your touch you on, touch space with you on that. See what you thought. The toughest part about writing, and the most rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, the most rewarding is every time I have a book published. Um, I know it's I know it's cliche because you always think your last book is your you know your best work, but. Um, 
like uh, Mr. Mr. Tom Brady says, you know, the next ring is that is the is the is the best one because you're always chasing that next one. So mm-hmm. whenever I have a whenever I have the new book like City of Madness, it's very rewarding because a of the work you put into it, and b the fact that you, someone still wants to publish your stuff, and c when the UPS guy delivers it, it's so rewarding to open it up and just see it and feel it and read it and share it with your readers. And that's also very rewarding. Um, I talk to a lot of my, my reader, author friends who like um, want me to beta read their work because they really like my work. And that is like, so awesome. Like I'm humbled and I say yes, of course. And that's such a great feeling to, you know, have people think that my work is that, you know, is that good that they want me to help them beta read their work and, that's very rewarding. The toughest, challenging part of it, I would think, would be finding a finding a publisher, deciding what route you want to take, whether it's the self-publishing or try to find a publisher, and promotion and get it out there and be consistent with it. I know a lot of us had, you know, went through a lot of family issues. You know, I was off the map for for five six years. You know, he mentioned shot in the dark comic. You know, other other authors take time, you know, like, so that puts a hiccup in everything. Um, but in that kind of time period, I think if you just manage to write, maybe try to get a short story published somewhere, maybe just to keep your name out there. Um, so everyone just, oh, yeah, okay, he's, he's still around or she's still around. And then, you know, you have a rebirth or, a, you know, a comeback, then, you know, um, that's always a good thing. So challenging would be the promotion and the marketing, and for me anyway. Um, there and, were you know, definitely two questions I wanted yeah. to ask you, Jason, and we're about out of time, and I don't want us to run out of time because uh, one of them was just talking about writing. Uh, let's say you're at a convention. This person's a huge fan of yours, read all your work. They want to become a writer. You inspired <laughs> them. What what are the downfalls that you would tell a young writer coming into the business wants to write a book? What are the warning signs that you would give him as a writer to become a writer? Good question. Oh yeah. man. Um, first, first, what I tell anybody is um, is write and don't stop. You know, don't don't think you can't do it. If you want to do it, write it, and then you can always look at it when you're done. Just write it and get it on paper and look at it and have a beta read and stuff like that and reach out for mentors and, and editors, stuff like that, to look it over. Um, you are going to get rejected, most likely. It happens. Don't take it personally. Um, it just meant that you weren't a fit for them. You're a fit for somebody else. Um, buy the Writer's Market Digest because that's a great reference tool that I use, and that breaks down authors, agents, everything, and tells you exactly what they're looking for. Because sometimes a lot of new authors send stuff to, they send horror to romance or romance to heat, and it's just not a fit. So be well versed in that as well. Um, and write a really good query letter when you're ready type of thing, which is a short, brief, Hey, this is who I am. This is what my, my book is about. Br- very briefly, and send it off. And that's an introduction of himself to the publishing world. And if they like it, then they ask for synopsis and 
for so so forth and so on. But um, don't take rejection personally, I would say. And keep writing. Don't give up. Even if you stumble, just if that's what you really want to do, keep writing and seek out mentors and beta readers and others that can give you honest feedback on your stuff. And that that was a good answer. Yeah. yeah. I would right. add to that. Ignore critics too. Ignore your critics because yeah. you got people that are, can be critical that are either, just, you know, unless it's constructive jealous. criticism, ignore it. It can be yeah, jealousy no, or yeah, envy absolutely. or. I've, I've and, had some of them who. I, I see a lot of postings on Facebook and, you know, somebody like says something, and one of them is a huge success, uh, a very popular guy around the world. And, uh, you know, he posts up on Facebook, oh, this person said this about me and he'll post it on Facebook. And, you know, he, it turns out that it's going to be a little battle war between them. You know, I say forget about them. <laughs> you know, they're jealous. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're jealous that right. you're succeeding. They're sitting on their couch. They got nothing better to do than to write you a nasty email or something nasty about you. Okay, move on. You know, I, I took a personal when I first started Francie and Friends. I had a guy that was on my ass every day, you know, and, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, let's just start making jokes about this. Yeah, you know, and I think that's probably the I think that's probably the most shameless thing a person can do because if I hadn't, I think that guy would have driven me nuts. Yep. And, you know, so. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd say when it comes book. to. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I, now in terms of beta readers, I mean, I, I'd, I'd say maybe take it one step further. Just say, be careful of yes people. That oh yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I know that as a fact too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, people all the time. Yeah. I read yeah. it. It's wonderful. It's great. You guys had a <laughs> wonderful suggestion. Never you say. Sounded it. like Tony the Tiger. <laughs> I would have said this to Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite cereal. That's why it sounded like Tony the Tiger. Anyway, here's my second question as you, Jason, and, you know, Tom and William, they want to answer this, and Nick also. You're talking, we were talking about young, upcoming writers who, let's say you had to sit down one day, and you had to write yourself a note as to when, as for today, you wrote yourself a note as the time that you first started writing. What advice would you give yourself as a young writer starting out? Stay focused. I wrote a and note writing right now. And yeah, you're writing a letter self. right now. You get off the show and you want to write a letter to your younger self. What would you say about writing? What advice would yeah, you don't, give don't, about Don't forget William, too. William's a writer, too. He, yeah. he I know, that's what I said. William, Tom, <laughs> Nick, all but, you guys uh, let's, let's, um, start, let's start with I, Jason first, Tom second, William, and then me. All right. That um, works. I would, I would say the, the, uh, the keep writing, don't listen to your critics, and try to get honest feedback and 
you know, if that's really what you want to do, then don't give up doing that type of thing, you know. Um, and yeah, just yeah, just honestly, just simple. Just keep writing if that's what you like to do. Don't don't let anyone get in your way. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it, you won't succeed, or you know, like big thing for me was I always wanted to be in Barnes and Noble, so that's what I worked for. And then I was in Barnes and Noble. I did multiple signings there. My book was on the shelf, you know, and you know, um. And that started way back when I was a kid because I've always, you know, always wanted my work published. So that's what I kept striving for. Nice. I echo Jason's sentiments exactly. I'd say keep writing, ignore any critics, and if you want to write, write. You do it for your love of writing, not because you're expecting to get rich out of it. You know, follow your Exactly. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to echo both Jason and Tom, but also take it one step further. Um, yeah, as, so you know, most most of my early times of writing, I've discovered it, you know, throughout my uh, middle school, and uh, you know, obviously my horror stories, mixing it with history, sent me to the school psychologist. So my advice is going to be, the psychologist doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> okay, he got the, he got the <laughs> You you opened up one. the Wonka bar, man. You you got the Wonka bar. Wonka Wonka bar. I want a Wonka oh, bar. That's, that's the only thing I could come up with. Okay. How how are you supposed oh. to how are you supposed to to go next after that, Nick? What would you say? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, with me, um, uh, back in nineteen eighty eight, when um, uh, my novel Prey Serpents Prey first got uh, published, I got the phone call and everything, uh, and it was my first. It was the first freaking thing I ever sent out. Not even a short story. It was a book. And uh, something I started in high school, uh, in math class because I was bored and all that. Uh, and so, and then that, and then the, uh, a, a month and a half later, uh, uh, the Halloween 4 thing happened and, uh, and, and other stuff. So, you know, um, there's six words that I would say to myself back then. Don't give up your day job. <laughs> because I thought, I, I thought that, well, I mean, I wasn't insane. I wasn't, like, too far-fetched from it. I, I'd never been published before. This was before the Internet and all that when it was, when it was easier to get published. Uh, so this this was back in the day. So I did have reason, but and I hated my job. I was a security guard overnight, mostly uh, that year. <laughs> and so when that happened, I I really did think I had it made. But uh, and and you know just the advice that I've given to people later, especially as a publisher too, is is that don't give up your day job. Don't, and, and people, when I get submissions 
um, there are people that that elaborate in their submissions saying that, well, like this one lady, I don't want to call anybody out, but I'll just give, you know, this one lady, she's been bugging me since January to publish her stuff. She's She says she's Chinese. Um, she's saying that there's a problem in China. If she gets famous because of this, then she's going to have to go under a pseudonym and, you know, and stuff. And there's people that approach me like, you know, uh, what, what, uh, if you accept me, what will I do with my fame? It's like, I, what? Fame? What are you talking about? What, what delusions do you have about writers that you don't just make it overnight? Occasionally somebody does. Somebody writes shit on a napkin in a subway, and it turns into Harry Potter. But it yeah. doesn't happen to most of us. No. And, you know, so that's it. Don't give up your day job. Just wait and see. Just wait and keep on going. Wait and see what happens. And just keep doing it. But don't give up your day job and, until you start really making money, sign contracts with with corporate people and you know with the that kind of thing but you know i mean if you submit right. a book to a publisher even a new york times best-selling like publisher entity uh that's not even guaranteed that's more of a guarantee than somebody like me who's small press but um still that only goes so far you get like a two thousand dollar advance and if it doesn't sell then you get so much money, and then it runs out the next year, and then you're broke again. So even then, um, you just got to keep pumping it out, and and you just said, that, but that's that's the thing. Don't give up your day job unless you're somebody like, like who's going to be on Francie and Friends pretty soon, Jonathan Mayberry, and I've watched him. I I I have known him since he came out with his first book, and uh, and he just like. Whew, <laughs> Marvel comics and all kinds of stuff. That's another yeah. thing. That's all kinds of, you know, things can happen. You just got to keep doing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. You just, you can't just like say, oh, like people have told me too, you wrote Halloween 4, you live in a mansion in Roseville. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. And anyway, yeah, yeah, that's my lecture. I'm I'm off my soapbox. That that was a that was a good one, Nate. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, probably, good probably some of the best sound advice ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, before we so get I'm not cut famous? off. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I said, so I'm not I'm not famous. All right. You know, Jason and Tom and, and even William, William with your pursuits too, and Jason and Tom, I know, I know better because, you know, our years long relationship, but, um, uh, I, and I see that, that you, you get your own people that come back. Like Tom, you said, uh, like at conventions and stuff, people come back year after year expecting you and buy your new, your new yeah. thing. And and Jason, That's really people, you know, yeah, people come back and over the years, yeah. and 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 so you know, some of us have to. It just has to take longer for shit to happen, but uh, over the course of time, you do get a following and it grows, and, and you it know. Grows. And, 
Yep. One more really good question. Uh, Jason, this is for you. What is the one thing you would give up to become a better writer? Get become a better um, one of my five jobs. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to say your soul. You would give up your soul, wouldn't you? No, no. no. Maybe a kidney or, you know, Jeremiah gives up an eye. So, um, yeah, no. Uh, I, 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 I probably, thought that was I probably, Yeah. No, probably, probably a job or two so I can actually, you know, focus on the writing and everything else. But um, Nick just said don't give up your day job. I have five of them, so I think I can. Okay, I can. okay. You can you can give up at least one of them. All right, uh, before we get cut off, uh, Jason, do you Google yourself? And if you do, where would we find you? I Google myself quite frequently. Um, and, um, <laughs> That's all funny. And, yeah, I know. I was just, Delayed, a delayed, a delayed punchline there. Um, <laughs> but I'm doing a long time. <laughs> Sounds like a it band of ghosts. I, am, uh, I know. That's what I was going for. But anyway, um, you can find me at my own personal website, which is jasongaylor.com. Um, so it's my name and uh, Jason and G-E-H-L-A-R-T.com. Um, no, no www in front of it. I don't do that shit. It's just my name.com. Um, All right. And then I'm on I'm on I'm on Facebook as Jason Wolfgang Gaylor and I'm on Twitter as uh J Jason Gaylor. I'm on Instagram as well, so I'm all across the social medias. Um I'm on blackbedsheetbooks dot com as well, there with the books with Nick and Tom and everybody. Um so Spell and, out um, uh, Jason. Spell out the name Gaylor uh, so that people can Again, because yeah, well, they... oh, it's because it's late at night. Gotcha. Sure. Um, <laughs> G. It's G E H L E R T. So um, JasonGaylor.com, and that has all my books on there. Most of them links to Amazon and everywhere. So uh, you can email me from there as well. Reach out to me. You can book an event with me if you want. That kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, you know, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Nice. Or Facebook, feel, feel free to message me or what have you. If you have any questions or want to order a book or just want to talk shop. Awesome. If any aspiring writers would like to email him or, or remind you, Jason, when between his five jobs, does run his pages. So reach out to him. He's a great writer, and if you Thank want you. advice, he would be the man to give you the advice for free. Absolutely, for free. Yes, definitely. All right, here we go. Another closing of a Sunday night. Jason, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Good to talk to you, everybody. Yes, and William Tom, thanks for. Go ahead. Uh, Nick, Tom, uh, yeah. Jason said thank you. You're welcome. Yes, I say thank you to oh, everybody. Yeah.
peep through a hole Saw your little monkey Do a sweet jelly roll Lord, tell me how long Lord, tell me how long Will I have to wait Will I have to wait Can I get you now Can I get you now Must I hesitate just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.